0: Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Kreisel and Diane Duvernay are your hosts every week right here on AM 1290, FM 96.9 and streaming at AM 1290, KZSB. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending, whose highly trained and experienced team takes great pride in helping people with home financing, offering competitive rates and a wide array of loan programs. American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa and Anacapa Streets, and a Montecito's Upper Village, at Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution.
1: Hi, Neil. Happy New Year, and uh, hopefully you're all drying out.
0: Yes, this is quite a difference from the last couple of weeks.
1: How exactly it is? Although I have to say, this time time around, downtown really got blasted over Montecito.
0: Yeah, but uh, the other problem is, which uh, is that again, the broker who sold me my house 23 years ago misled me. It's actually cold here. I was I was told it's warm in Southern California.
1: Hey, the good news is, is it gives everyone an opportunity to refresh their winter clothes. You know, you go a few years not needing them, and then. There yeah. you go. Did so you do, go to- do,
0: we, do we have a, a guest today?
1: We do. We are thrilled to welcome to the show today the co-founders of Santa Barbara Trappies company, Randy Cohen and Shane Weaver. Guys, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, it's great to be on.
0: So the first article we have today is, is from um, the Intelligent Investor article in, in Sun- Sunday's Wall Street Journal, and it's about Reg D investors now what reg D is is a a way of offering investments to individuals without um, having a private uh, memorandum uh where the investment does not trade so these are basically illiquid investments that are exempt from a lot of the regulation that typically the SEC insists upon within an issue. And the reason the article was written is because um, the results over the last year of Reg D uh, investments have been abysmal. Um, The uh, investments have been sold to individuals that really had no business being in them. Uh, There is very little, if any, liquidity. You can't sell these uh, as you could a stock or a bond. And um, there are no... And this is really quite amazing. There are no current financial statements available to investors. So this is another example of investors who were desperate for yield and decided to take a chance on something that looked attractive, and they were probably oversold this attractiveness and ended up with um, some really steep losses. And so the article is basically warning people about uh, getting involved with regulation D private offerings.
1: Well, as with anything, like all the times we've talked about SPACs and any time that there is not the full disclosure and you don't understand it is you you shouldn't invest. It doesn't matter what the, the yield attractiveness is. And I think a lot of those people are being hurt badly currently because as interest rates have gone up, you can get very safe um, municipal bonds or corporate bonds or, you know, even treasuries that are paying a, a sizable interest.
0: Yeah, and this wasn't in the article, but you know the SPAC debacle is, uh, uh, I think, uh, emblematic of this problem, where uh, people thought they could uh, make a fast buck by not having SEC regulations apply to them, and the results have been abysmal as well. Uh, the, the next article is about, uh, well, it's entitled Mortgage Buy Downs Make a Comeback, and with interest rates being higher than they were a couple of years ago, affordability of single family homes has been impacted. And so uh, home builders have always and continue to offer buy downs of mortgage rates. So that, for example, let's assume the uh, mortgage payment on a house that you want to buy is $500 a month based upon current interest rates. Uh, They will offer you Uh, a mortgage that you only pay $400 for the first two years, and then it goes back up to $500. Uh, And it's a way of getting people into a home that they otherwise weren't able to or could not see themselves affording. But now we're seeing, uh, because interest rates have been so high versus a couple of years ago, individual sellers are doing these uh, buy downs so that uh, they can make it more uh, likely that they could sell their house. Now, the problem with all of this is that after two years, what's the guarantee that the buyer will be able to pay the new rate? They may, in fact, uh, qualify for the new rate uh, two years earlier, but they may be used to paying for whatever uh, things they pay for every month and just don't have the savings. So, you know, this is a a kind of a, a situation where back in 2008, uh, mortgage buy downs were a problem in some instances
1: well I think what we're seeing now is also arms are becoming more and more attractive so you're you're seeing a lot of seven year arms 10-year arms with balloon payments because many of the mortgage brokers out there believe interest rates will come da- back down and so you know instead of locking in a 30-year interest rate at you know six and ch- or even seven percent in some cases you could get a much lower interest rate perhaps a you know 4.6 and do a 10 year arm. And so I think we're that's when you start to get reminiscent of the you know the the bust in the in the real estate industry of the great recession. As everyone starts to take more and more leverage and then the 10 years are up in a blink of an eye it seems these days or maybe that's just me getting older um you can no longer afford your home for a refi.
0: Yeah, true. The next article is um really very bizarre it was a full page of the new york times a week ago and it is entitled some tech leaders are rooting for musk to show them who's boss and the article is uh from uh the point of view of some uh tech ceos who believe that the way uh musk manages which is basically he takes no prisoners is not really interested in advice from underlings, is in fact the way to run a company, um, and you know. I, I, well, I, well, I think that's nonsense. Let, let, let me give you some. I think some even more useful evidence to show you the, how silly that is. It was a book about ten years ago written by an Israeli, and. It, it, the book talked about why Israel has the most uh successful entrepreneurs in the world and the reason is uh he says the author that uh, the, the the structure of of the hierarchy in Israel because everyone gets uh drafted into the army is that you may have uh the uh CEO, the CEO, the general may be an underling of a private. The private may in fact be the CEO of a company, whereas the general might be an underling. And as a result, there's this flow of information back and forth where it is comfortable for underlings to tell their boss that they're wrong. And uh, w- one of the great cases he points out is that Cisco hired an Israeli consulting group. And when they came in and they started arguing, the Cisco people couldn't believe that they talked to their higher-ups that way. But then they found that it was really a very good way to cut through uh, information and philosophies that weren't really helpful to the company. And so when you have someone who's a boss like Musk and then you compare it to the Israeli model where everyone should have a right to say to their boss what they really think, I think you lose some uh, not only uh, flexibility, but you lose the benefit of the wisdom of, of the group. And um, the idea that these tech leaders are rooting for Musk, I think must be that they they are, in fact, operating that way where they're not really interested in what underlings have to say.
1: Well, it's, it goes to, you know, that whole... Um... Or empowering your workforce, and you end up with a better end result through positivity and empowerment. And clearly, those tech leaders, nor Musk, um, adhere to that management principle.
0: And the final article today is a real short one. It's about the SPAC boom ends in a frenzy of liquidation. And, you know, we talked about SPAC several times over the last two years, and SPACs really. Uh, these special purpose acquisition companies ha- have two years in order to deploy their capital, and uh, s- most of them have had really difficult times succeeding. Even after they deployed their capital and bought a company that didn't succeed, and now uh, most of them are, uh, re- are giving their money back to the investors. So there's another example, you know, whether it's Bitcoin or or SPACs, where. The enthusiasm for crazy investment seems to be coming to an end. Uh, You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back.
5: Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805 699
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Cornerstone Home Lending. Since 1988, a mortgage banker and direct lender that believes in providing in-depth loan consulting to its customers in a personalized and honest manner.
1: And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytop 1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, we have the high-flying trapeze company of Santa Barbara with us today, which was so exciting when they came to town. We have the co-founders, Shane Weaver and Randy Cohen. And so welcome, guys, to the show.
6: Thanks a lot. It's great to be here.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us.
1: So let's talk a little bit about your history and your background. And so I see from reading your um, your bios that you both met at the French Woods Camp for Performing Arts 20 years ago. And so, what made you want to do trapeze, and how did it? You know, it's it's not like baseball that you know you come into this world and everybody just has you play at age five. How did you guys become attracted to it, and what what made it stick to be a part of your lives?
2: You know, I was definitely more athletically inclined than uh, performing arts inclined as a kid. And when I went to summer camp, my mom really wanted me to have like a diverse view of different people with different backgrounds and really like widen my horizons. And so when I got to the camp, um, the trapeze was the, the the closest thing to like an athletic activity and a performing art. And I just got hooked right away. You know, you get up there, you have all of this fear, the pits in your stomach, and every day you're pushing yourself to the next level. And the cool thing about trapeze is that there's really no limit to how far you can go. And so you're constantly pushing the envelope and 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 uh, taking yourself to the next level, which I think is all about how, you know, the lessons that we learn there are all about how we learn to succeed in life. So it was a, was a really great experience for me as a teenager
6: yeah and I uh I was uh, hired as a water ski instructor at French Woods initially uh, and when I got there um they needed an extra guy on the at the trapeze so I tried out and got the position um and I went back the next two years and did more circus and less waterfront each year um and then was hooked and have done flying trapeze uh since then
1: and so when the two of you met, did you ever think that you would be in business
2: together all these years? Like, you know, it's funny, like our last summer at the camp, I think we were supposed to be in an activity. Please don't tell our director there because he always used to catch us skipping those things. But uh, we definitely were sitting around the other side of the lake talking about how one day we'll have our own trapeze school. And we just we kind of knew it was going to happen. Uh, the plans kind of laid dormant for a while. Um but when we started, when we realized, when, when Shane moved to Santa Barbara um, and I was living in Venice and he said, never, never rains here. The people are so active. Mm-hmm. He was like, this is the place. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So, um, yeah, we kind of always knew that this would happen. We just didn't know when and where.
1: That's awesome. And so, Randy, you actually had... Um... Uh, corporate life before you before you started um, the trapeze. Tell us a little bit about that and how it helped you um, start the trapeze business.
2: Yeah, well, so this is the second time I've tried to open a trapeze school. The first time was during the 2008 financial crisis, um, but uh, I basically went back. I, I had just graduated college with an economics degree from Hofstra University. I really wanted to use my degree while it was still relevant. So I went, I took corporate sales roles. I ended up um, realizing that social commerce and, you know, Facebook marketing was going to be the next big wave. And so I kind of jumped ship from doing some marketing and event consulting over to early stage startups, Um, the companies that I was at, like... We're working with big brands and big retailers on their customer-centric marketing strategy, how to bridge the gap between the social, the e-commerce, like really multi-channel marketing. And so working with some of the biggest brands and retailers, the ones, the, the most successful companies these days, they're all about the customer experience. You know, how do you get people to spend more time with your brand? Because it doesn't matter. Like the one lesson that Shane and I have really implemented here that I think has been the most valuable to us is that it doesn't matter whether people spend time on your site or with you on social or at one of our community events that we host once a month, the more they engage with you and the more you build a community-driven experience, the more likely they are to be not only a one-time customer, but also a repeat customer. And so um, my background building like these startups and uh, one was called OlaPic and the most recent one was called Attentive. So if you've ever been to a website and they ask you to sign up for text message marketing, um, I was a part of that awesome rocket ship ride. Um, it's it's really all been about, like, how do you communicate with your customers? How do you keep things consistent cross-channel? And then how do you provide a first-class experience when people are at, at your at your business? And, I, um, you know, that's really the approach that we've tried to take here in Santa Barbara.
0: Are there other trapeze schools across the country so that you can look at other successes and failures and learn from them?
2: Oh, totally. I mean, I'd say almost every major city has at least one school now. Seattle has two. New York has three. Um, um, And there's a lot of things that those businesses have done really well. And then there are things that like we've definitely tried to disrupt the model, um, you know, even when you come into our space and you see our couches and our pergolas and we offer like complimentary refreshments. Right. It, um, these are things that we we looked around and we saw, you know, people doing things in a way that didn't match the the level of experience, uh, level of quality that they were promising. And so when you look at some of the other businesses in the flying trapeze world, um, a lot of times it's really hard for them to 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 get repeat business. And we've been really fortunate here. You know, the way we treat our customers from the second that they walk in the door until they leave, um, you know, most schools have a 10% uh, retention rate. Ours is upwards of 30 to 40%. Um, And I think it just goes to show um, that when you treat your, when you put your customers first and your community first, um, it really makes a big impact on on your bottom line.
1: So now, Shane, how did you actually discover Santa Barbara and what brought you here originally? Because it sounds like you're the one that brought, you know, Randy up from um, L.A. Uh,
6: Yes. So I was born and raised in Australia, so I love being by the coast. Um, And I was living in Long Island, uh, managing a flying trapeze school out there. Um, And my wife at the time was looking to start a Ph.D. somewhere. Um, And she was looking at Santa Barbara and University of Illinois and a few other places. And I said, please, let's go to Santa Barbara. And it worked out that uh, we ended up here in Santa Barbara, thank goodness. Um, And I've been here for like five or six years. We
2: told her that was her chance to be a hero. (laughs)
6: Yes, yes. Please go to Santa Barbara. So that's how I ended up here. But And like Randy said before, as soon as I got here, I was like, Santa Barbara would be the perfect place for flying trapeze. It's beautiful weather. Um, Everyone really loves to be outdoors and active. And there's a really wonderful tourist market that comes through constantly.
0: You know, Santa Barbara is known for its difficulty in doing anything different. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is be a developer, because the answer that comes out of most politicians' mouths here is no. Uh, so the idea, if you would have come to me two years ago and said, I think I'm going to open up a tra- trapeze school, I would have said, yeah, good luck with that. Not
1: only uh, that, with the city of Santa
2: Barbara.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so how, how bad was it? I mean, or or how did you do it?
2: It wasn't bad at all. Uh So like rich Hanna and uh, in parks and rec was the, one of the best partners I think I've ever worked with in my whole business career. I mean, he was hustling left and right from the first time we went in his office Uh until we finally got the permit, the permit and the council approval to open up in the park. Um, we got we ran into a bit of a delay, which is why we opened up at Earl Warren Fairground first. They were also awesome to la- allow us to set up and make use of their parking, uh, their parking space. Um, but ultimately, Parks and Rec has, it, in Santa Barbara is unmatched to any any municipality I've ever seen. And so like the way that they outsource their recreational activity, they have, you know, the best surfing instructors providing their surf camps I mean, they, they literally outsource in the best way possible, and they were looking for positive activity uh, in this park, in, in Plaza Veracruz. The park had been misused for 20, 30 years. It had been overrun by homeless and negative activity. And they, um, they had re-renovated the park. They had put up a fence, and they really needed something. Uh, and we were the perfect solution, ultimately, to keep the fence up, and be custodians of the park. And now for the first time in almost 30 years, this park is being utilized the way it was originally intended. And it's this beautiful iconic park. And so I think that what we're doing with with the city of Santa Barbara, it's a a model that's gonna be replicated and it actually is already in the process of now being replicated all over the country. Um, We have a handful of, of former colleagues that have gone to other local municipalities and used what we're doing here as precedent um uh to to provide positive activity in other parks that are dealing with the same problem so yeah that the, they were they were such great partners and um really made this whole process like ultimately pretty pretty seamless and you're, listening, really- you're uh-huh.
0: listening to you're listening to money talk on am 1290 and fm 96.9 and we'll be right back
6: American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that Renee gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank, and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do.
3: American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. There's a special event coming up Sunday, February 5th at the newly renovated Cabrillo Pavilion. It's the 2023 Santa Barbara Foresters Hall of Fame Induction Ceremony. There'll be great food, beer and wine, and lots of Foresters family and friends. Here's head coach Bill Pintard. Well, it's going to be a really nice event. The city did a really good job redoing the Cabrillo uh, Pavilion. It's really great. You get a view of the ocean. The sun will be going down. We'll get a sunset there. And then we have three great young men that were inducted. Jalen Davis and John Duplantier. And then the third inductee is Aaron Bates. and He's just been named the hitting coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We are going to have food. We're going to have wine and beer. We got some great venues coming to help feed us. You can get tickets at spforesters.org. You can buy them right there online. For more information and to get your tickets, go to spforesters.org. That's spforesters.org. Community Alert, not if, but when disaster strikes.
6: Join Ted Adams and Mike Williams for Community Alert, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 9 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Community Alert, where guests discuss local issues, including prevention, emergency preparation, evacuations, and information flow before, during, and after emergencies and incidents. Community Alert, heard on AM 1290, the Santa Barbara News Press radio station.
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And before the break, we were talking about the relationship you have with the city. Um, How was the negotiations for a lease? Do you have a long-term lease? Is the lease... uh, or are they in partners with you? What what actually is the relationship between the city and you?
2: Yeah. So the city gave us a six month uh, trial period, and then they opened up the lease to RFP or to the bid process that they run. Um, we, well, I, I worked probably for three months filling out the RFP. Um, they told me I did a great job, but we uh, we ran unopposed, which is really nice. Um, and so we have the park now for four for four more years. Um, it's in partnership with the city. Uh, we do a revenue split with them. We also uh, give a percentage of all of our uh, masterclass programming as scholarships um, to make sure that we're making flying trapeze and the use of the park accessible to everybody. Um, we give a percentage of our day camp away to, to scholarships as well. And then we've taken the expenses of managing and running the park off of the city balance sheet. Um, so we're responsible for the maintenance and the landscaping and the water bill and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, it's become, uh, it's, it's now a, a long-term partnership that we're hoping extends for much longer than the initial four years.
1: Well, and you've really done a great job at um, making your neighbors uh, very happy with you being there. I know several business owners in that area and they just are raving about how wonderful you guys are. And so I think that's really a testament to your, you know, wanting to make this a better
2: place and have a safe home for your business. Oh, thank you for that. I mean, yeah, we we just wish more people knew that the park was open to the public and that everyone's welcome to come in and grab a seat and watch the classes. And I think that the, biz- the local businesses are They're obviously thrilled because like, look at the neighborhood now. I mean, next door Mm -hmm. rink on taco, people sit behind there and they treat it like a, like a a Parisian cafe while they're eating their tacos. Right. And they're watching trapeze. (laughs) Yeah. They're taking their time back there because it's really a delightful experience to sit and watch and, you know, and really be able to make a proper use of this space.
1: So let's talk a little bit about your business startup. So when starting the trapeze company, you know, how did you get your funding and what did that look like? Um,
2: well, we uh, I funded the company um, and we did our best to launch with like the highest quality like MVP as we possibly could viable products. Um, and ultimately, like uh, it's taken some additional rounds of funding since. But most of it has been uh, funded by our business operation, which has been really amazing.
1: And so when you looked at when you looked at pricing for your classes and your your services, did you did you look at a greater model of across the country trap or world really of trapeze schools, or is Santa Barbara more expensive, therefore it needs to you know be priced out differently? How did you work that?
2: Well, it was definitely like a it was a toe the line between we wanted to charge enough to be able to hire the highest quality instructors and provide healthcare and 401ks. And so we didn't wanna be the most expensive school in the country, but we knew that we couldn't, we had to set the bar high enough in order to be able to guarantee the level of service that we have here. And so um, some people look at their actual liability insurance as insurance. We look at things a little bit differently here. We believe our insurance is all about the people that we've brought in. And we've been doing this for 20-something years. I mean, I started when I was 12 years old. And so even though we were a little bit dormant in the business at, during certain periods of time, we've done a great job of maintaining relationships with some of the best coaches and acrobats in the world, right? So um, it's uh, it was really just kind of a balance between, like, if we have a four-person class, will we be able to keep the team around us and... I think we kind of we netted at the at, at a number that I, th- I think has been working with for the community, and then for people that can't afford what we're charging, you know, very often we we make uh, concessions because we we really want to offer trapeze to as many people as we possibly can. In,
0: in a way, this is an outward bound experience in terms of pushing the envelope for some people, and I know you do corporate uh, work where you have team building exercises and. Uh, Provide some fun as well. How is that working out?
2: Oh, it's been, it's been terrific. I mean, I, I spent the last twelve years working on all different sized teams. And, uh, you know, I joined as employee number twenty. Next thing I know, we're a thousand employees around the country, um, and the the silos that exist between teams. Sales thinks customer experience is lazy. Customer experience thinks that sales is lying to get things over the 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 finish line. Um, And most of the time, it really just takes one or two people on each team to become better friends. So team building is really all about friendship building. And the cool thing about flying trapeze class is that it's a great medium for that because you get one person going at a time. It's a guided experience and a reminder that with the right information and people in key positions to support and help you when things get tough, that all you have to do is take a leap and no matter what, there's gonna be a safety line to catch you and a net, and you can always get up and try again. And that's really what business is all about. It's knowing that the people on the other teams really are there to support you, even if you sit at different lunch tables, even if the whole company sits you know, in, in silos where they all sit together and they never really intermingle. And so a lot of the companies that have come to work with us, they see it instantly. They see that when their team leaves here, They leave here feeling supported, encouraged, um, and just more cohesive in general. I mean, we really fit diversity, inclusion. We fit the friendship building. We do client relation events. You know, as a salesperson myself, you know, how many times we did like the docent tour of Chicago, right? Um, Like on those little boats that take you through the canals. And they're great except everybody's drinking the whole time. And so you you lose out on actually truly connecting with the client. Whereas when you come to take a flying trapeze class and you have two hours of sitting on our couches under the shade, watching each other step outside their comfort zone, it really creates an experience between the client and the executive that doesn't exist anywhere else
0: the the hotel business in uh Santa Barbara a lot of it particularly on the high end deals with corporate of, corporate bookings where you know the bacaro will book the entire hotel for one company and they'll have, you know, different events to, you know, engage the employees. Have you contacted these managers to, to get the hotels to to recommend you as part of the activities?
2: The the car has been excellent to us. Um, They've supported us not only during our day camps, which we're now doing in the winter time also, but they also have tied us into their destination management company. And we're working on a exclusive partnership with them where um they're going to be able to provide you know bespoke experiences for people who are staying at the bacara but want to be able to come and do sort of like a you know the boutique um, you know gem activity of santa barbara so um, yeah.
0: hey, can you can you move uh, one system uh, to a hotel for 2 days or is that too much of a too much trouble
2: oh we totally can in fact we have a performance troupe the flying royals they were featured on america's got talent extreme last year and they just went down to ocean reef and key and key west or key largo one of the two and they did a dinner theater experience where they had two they did two shows an evening and they had 250 people attend each show and sit around you know and have a wonderful dinner while they watched The world-class acrobats perform for
0: them hey diane would you feel comfortable me catching you it was you know you on that big one you fly and i and i would go on my on my legs and i would just catch you would you feel comfortable doing that no (laughs) uh you're you're listening to Money talk on am 1290 and fm 96.9 and we'll be right back
6: Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the
3: United States, and the Ad Council. The Santa Barbara Symphony is celebrating their new season with nine shows in nine months. It's a musical journey spanning 300 years. Here's the Santa Barbara Symphony President and CEO, Catherine Martin.
5: Nine shows over nine months. Every month, you can come to the symphony October
3: through June.
5: Whether you are a classical music aficionado at a very high level or it is your first time ever coming to a symphony performance, I want to say thank you. You are welcome. You will feel welcome. You will enjoy that experience of having sound wash over you. There's nothing else like it, in my opinion, and it's just quite
3: exciting. To get your tickets for the Santa Barbara Symphony 2022-2023 season, go to thesymphony.org. That's thesymphony.org. Or call 805-898-9386.
0: Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology. Mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of servers other banks can only dream about.
1: So I've got to imagine when you guys were starting um, your business here in Santa Barbara, one of the I realized that you've been in this for the last 20 years and so you have a lot of contacts. However, how challenging was it to bring your, you know, colleagues to Santa Barbara, which who knows where they were living at the time? Or did everyone say Santa Barbara count me in?
2: Uh, well, it was challenging um with housing is definitely one of the biggest problems and obstacles that we ran into Mm. um it's part of the reason i started my real estate fund was so that we could use the units that we were creating down in ventura uh to subsidize our housing for the first few years um we also like at certain points have all lived together uh we really did whatever we could during the covid pandemic to to keep this business afloat and uh Yeah, it, it, it it's not easy, right? I mean, the beauty well, is-
1: business to attract talent, and yours is so specialized that it it had to have been, you know, pulling people from other areas.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, like our, we we pulled Spencer, who's you know he's one of the, he's been doing this fifteen years or so. We pulled him from Florida. Um, yeah, you know,
0: I I I knew a tennis pro once who told me that one of the problems of being a tennis pro is he's become a crummy tennis player because he doesn't do what he used to do. He just basically you know hits the ball to people. Do, do you find that as an instructor you lose your edge? Can you how do you maintain the level of uh, expertise that you have doing just instruction?
2: Well, you know, buying trapeze is one of those things where experience is everything. And a lot of times as a coach, it's more about your lens and your eye for things than it is your actual ability. Some of the best coaches I've worked with, are not the best flyers or catchers, but they've just it's, it, they've just seen so much, so they can they can really see where the timing is gone or wh- where the technique might be falling short. Um, for us, I mean, the reason we ended up being trapeze teachers was so that we could get more practice. So it's uh, it's a little bit like the tennis pro model, but not so much. Um, but then again, like that tennis that tennis pro, he's watching those players develop, right? So where his skills might be getting a little rusty as a player, um, I'm sure that his eye as a coach uh, is probably becoming more and more developed, right? So it just depends on where you're trying to provide value for people. And these days, I mean, I I think that our value comes from our experience and our ability to communicate how to make changes and get out of someone's head and into their body.
1: So is one of your models for your for your business to provide performance opportunities, um, not only for your students, but for your staff and do s- similarly to how the Flying Royals were, were down in Florida not that long ago doing performances? How does that work and where does that fit into your business model?
2: Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the Flying Royals now call Santa Barbara Trapeze Co. their home base when they're not on the road. Um you know, we've got some really amazing talent developing here. So ultimately our goal is to be able to f- fill the troop or even send folks over to Cirque du Soleil. The Flying Royals went to Saudi Arabia this year. They did a one-month gig. Um, we had Cirque du Soleil here at the headquarters, um, you know, talking about the the opportunities of one day, maybe being able to be a filler program for them. Um, you know, we, we provide, I think, what I would call one of the best recreational flying trapeze schools in the country if not the world um and we all, and and now with the royals here it allows us to to really tap in to the professional world as well so um it's definitely a goal of ours to produce that kind of talent here um and i think we're already starting to
1: that's exciting now do you what what's next for for the company and do you, is expansion you know to ventura or you know where are you thinking where what is your yeah. long
2: You know, expansion is a really interesting one for us because our whole business model is based on really being able to keep quality as high as possible. And so to move into multiple markets full time, I think would spread us too thin. We've seen that happen before. It's just too much to manage. What I think will be the next sort of wave for us is going to be our corporate team building. Um, The news is already like it's spreading like wildfire. Companies are really, really, really excited about the results that they're seeing after working with us. Um, and, you know, we, we had mentioned it a bit earlier the dinner theater experience. Um, we'd love to be producing dinner theater events, um, you know, really being able to showcase flying trapeze as an art in an elevated way. Um, and that's ultimately what we're working towards.
1: Absolutely. And now, would you be able to use your same location? or what, what is your vision for
2: that? Well, so I think the vision is a couple fold for the dinner theater events. One is here in the space. So a couple of months ago, we did a team building event, uh, not, not a team building, a community event. We do a community event almost every month. This one was in partnership with Calm, uh, a local nonprofit that teaches kids resiliency to reduce the effects of ACE, uh, adverse childhood experiences. Um, it was wonderful. And so, like, we raised $10,000 for them. We had a few hundred people in the space. The kids got to put on a, we did a eight, we donated them eight weeks worth of workshops to a group of their kids. Those kids and our kids all performed together. And so, ultimately, like, this cause marketing and charitable events, we want to be partnered with all the local nonprofits. And we would love to host that kind of experience here in the park for them. We can also bring the flying trapeze to someone's house, like, I picked up a puppy from Sparks Rescue at this amazing house in Montecito and they had enough room for 12 trapeze rigs in the backyard. Um, we'd love to be able to do sort of, you know, that at home experience for folks. And then we're having conversations with local hotels and golf courses and country clubs that have enough space, um, at, to do school. Yeah. Montecito school district at their graduation. Um, the ability to be mobile is definitely, uh, in our toolkit i'm sorry i'm shivering now <laughs> um but yes yeah.
1: cool. can you imagine you know having the flying trapeze at your school that would be like mind-blowing for many of these kids
2: oh totally and um something that they'll never forget something that the school will will be able to use in their in their you know the, kind of like their marketing materials or you know um, in their outreach i think it's a really great way to touch the community
1: Absolutely, that's a really. I, I've got to imagine if we talk about client acquisition, those nonprofit events and partnerships and schools—that's a great way to really spread the word about the trapeze. And I know your original plan wasn't to start at Earl Warren, but I do have to say, being right there on the freeway gave you a lot of eyeballs looking at you <laughs> going forward and and saying, "Oh, that's cool. What's that?" You know. And so, do you think that translated into more? Um, customers and and knowing about you.
2: Oh, t- totally. I mean, having the biggest billboard in the history of Santa Barbara is definitely a big help. Um, a lot of folks when we opened up here in the park were like, oh, we saw you at Earl Warren. Um, people don't always love to pull in, but they definitely saw us, right? So um, and yeah, you know we want to be known for what we do for others, not what we do and what we provide, right. And so doing these community events, it puts our name out there in a way that we can feel proud of and then it sparks the conversation we feel like hey have you guys heard about the flying trapeze school and what they're doing with this this organization right and then we become the weird thing to do when your friends and family come in from out of town and we're you know we're we're we're, we're really happy with how it becomes a domino effect in that way
0: you're listening to money talk on am 1290 and fm 96.9 and we'll be right back
2: When you're farming a vineyard, you have 180 days to bring about a certain quality for the eventual wine. With a bank like American Riviera Bank, it's really comforting to have a partner that understands the agricultural landscape. Having people that communicate quickly with us, that are able to be flexible in how we're doing our business on a day-to-day basis has been a real strength in what we bring to our client base. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. opportunity.
6: January is Coffee Gourmet International Month, celebrating the ubiquitous and fashionable brew. Americans drink an average of 23 gallons of coffee. That's half the consumption of the 1946 peak, but with far more varied preparations. Nearly three quarters of American coffee drinkers consume their three daily cups at home. But away from home, some 19,500 coffee shops nationwide serve the beverage. Profile America is a public service of the
0: U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence.
1: So now, you know, I can't help but to think every time I drive by the trapeze um, rigs and somebody's with me that has never seen it, they say, oh my gosh, the insurance must be so expensive. So how, how does that work? And, and do each of you have to be licensed and bonded? How, how is the background of your instructors? How does that work?
2: Yeah, so um, we train everybody from the ground up, but we, we've been very, very, um, I'd say disciplined about hiring guys that have been doing this almost as long as us. So when we run a, pro, a class, uh, because there is no industry standard for this business, right? So when we run a class, we always have at least two of the three instructors have been doing this over a decade. So I'd say that's kind of our first insurance. Mm-hmm. But then we have a general liability policy. Uh, the city requires it. And candidly, like everybody needs one of those, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's backed by Lloyd's London. And um, yeah, it's just a, a general liability policy that we hope to never have to use. Yeah
0: so what do you what do you do if somebody comes to you and says this really looks like fun but i'm so scared of heights i don't think i can do it did you say well but you know try something else or do, is there a way to engage someone that doesn't think they can climb that ladder
1: uh,
2: go ahead Shane. yeah
6: no we uh, absolutely invite them to uh to <laughs> step out of their comfort zone um and i tell them it's a really good exposure therapy for a fear of heights They're in a safety line from the moment they leave the ground to when they get back to the ground. They have the net underneath them. And we usually take small steps with them, maybe have them climb the ladder a little bit, maybe come back down. And um, before you know it, they're at the top of the ladder and taking a swing. Even if they're really afraid, um, you can see how elated they are and how proud of themselves they are when they get on the ground.
2: Also, our team does a really good job of celebrating everybody's individual milestones. So some people might come. Most people are scared of heights, Most adults are petrified of heights and they have very little experience climbing a ladder. So when you think about flying trapeze and a team building event, you might go, oh, my God, that's not that inclusive. But it is because if somebody only makes it three steps up the ladder, I guarantee you our team is celebrating it because we can see just how everyone's comfort zone is different. And whether you step out of it an inch or 100 feet, um, you really deserve to be celebrated. And we do that. we, We do a pretty good job of that here.
0: And what's the age spread? Is it like three to 50 or what, what is the spread?
2: Four to one hundred and four. There are no excuses. <laughs> that anybody, means you're in, Neil. That means you're <laughs> in. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: for anybody who's listening out there that wants to book a corporate retreat or find out the details, what's the best way for them to under, get a better understanding of what the corporate bonding event would be, what the pricing is, who should they
2: reach out to? For the yeah detail. I mean they can they can fill out an inquiry on our site or they can reach out to us at hello at Santa Barbara tra- at sbtrapezeco.com, um or available by phone by text by skywriting um uh, they only they don't do telegrams anymore but uh you that. Wait, what's your website again that they should go to sb trapeze
0: um, and, and will you tailor make so if a company comes to you and says you know this is our issues that we have in our company, um, you know we, we've been working for example uh, by by Zoom for the last two years and I don't think people really trust or know each other. I mean, are there things you talk about beforehand to tailor make the event?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, having been in that in that in, the, in their setting, right? It's a unique lens from an activity like ours to be able to say I've sat in all hands meetings I've been in weekly sales meetings you I can see the the dysfunction probably before they even tell me about it cuz I've I've lived it right and so um a lot of times we'll we'll tailor the programming sometimes it's a couple of teams that aren't getting along sometimes their goal is um, is just general friendship building uh we've done 3 day programs with a show at the end for the rest of the company so yeah really custom tailored we love to do um, like you know one-on-one sessions with whenever we can in the R- lead
0: R- us. R- Randy Cohn uh, and, and Shane Weaver, thank you so much. It is so exciting. I won't do it, but I'm thinking about doing it <laughs> because I'll it's it's really it's really quite an experience. My granddaughter did it. It's wonderful. Everyone out there should try it. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk, and we'll see you all next week.